We are joined this afternoon by Alex Bowman. First off, man, how are you? And are you ready for Las Vegas this weekend? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, doing pretty well. I think Vegas should be great for us, honestly. Um, one of my favorite racetracks we go to. Spent this morning in the sim trying to get dialed in, and uh, hopefully it goes as well. Last time there, we were really fast, and I crashed the race car. Um, so hopefully I don't do that again, and uh, we can we can get out of there with another win. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, you, you won there two years ago. You podiumed last year. You've always done pretty well there. What is it about the track that you like so much? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's just places that, you know, we started getting really good at consistently, and Vegas was one of them. Like, really, Vegas, Kansas, Dover, Charlotte um, were probably all really good places historically for us. So looking forward to getting back there. Um it's, you know, kind of turned into a little bit of a different race with the next gen car than it was prior to that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think we had great speed in the fall. Um, just trying to predict what the race is going to be like. I think it's going to be really windy in practicing qualifying. So I don't know that you'll get a super good read for Sunday because it's not going to be windy on Sunday. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Nice. So given that you kind of had that success there, does it make you a little bit more confident going in, just knowing that you have such limited time to really, I mean, put yourself in a good position for the race and then, you know, barely any practice, if none, I guess, really? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely helps. Um, crashing by myself last time I was there hurts that a little bit, for sure. I think if that was just like a normal race and we finished fifth or something, I'd probably be in a little better spot, but um yeah i think just kind of having a good notebook having a good feel and like knowing what i want in a race car to be successful at that track is super important so um i feel like i'm in a spot where i i know what i need and um hopefully that that helps us out so you you speak how the next gen car kind of changed the vegas and i think it's changed more than just one race now we're on what year three at this point of, of the new car. How has, you know, over the last two and two races, two, two years and two races has the next gen car evolved into, you know, what it is today. Yeah. I mean, when we got off, when we first started driving on, like you felt like you were like completely on edge all the time. Couldn't feel the race car guys crashed them left and right. Like you look at those early practices that first year, it was like every, every week, four or five guys would crash in practice. And I feel like over the years, they've become a little more normal. Um, they're still very unforgiving. You can't drive them nearly as hard as you could drive the old car. Um, so it's, sure. it's definitely a little more difficult. Like you gotta be super precise. Um, but the racing is also different. Like the way, the aero situations work is different. The car doesn't make side force like the old car made. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's changed everything everywhere. I think, you know, we thought the road courses were going to be way faster and have a ton of grip and they really don't, they almost have less grip than the old car did. So, uh, yeah, really different, but it's, it's evolving each and every week with the car and, and it'll continue that way. That's part of NASCAR guys are always figuring the cars out and making them better. So, um, it's always changing. 
So speaking of kind of having to be more precise and almost feeling like you're driving a little bit on ice at the beginning, we heard that from some of the guys about um, Atlanta last weekend. Did you kind of have that same experience or did you feel a little bit differently during the race? Yeah, I mean, I made one lap before I crashed. So, um, you know, I, I think everybody keeps talking about this Atlanta race that was so great and so fun and so cool. And I rode around five laps down and stayed out of the way <laughs> the rest of the day after lap one. So I don't really have a good read, which is not awesome for me. Uh, <laughs> you look at that being in the playoffs. Like, yeah. I, I don't have any votes, really. Um so that's uh, that's a little disheartening for me, just you know, getting caught up in a crash that we had nothing to do with on on the first lap. But um, you know, my teammates did have pretty good days until they got caught up in crashes too. But um, being able to lean on their notes will be really good. I think Atlanta is just like a really strange in between of a super speedway and not a speedway kind of races a little bit like the old five fifty package did. Um, but yeah, the finish was amazing. So um, it'll be different when we go back. It'll be much warmer and then I'll change the racing some. But uh, yeah, hell of a finish for sure. It was a fun race to catch up on when I was when I was able to watch it on Monday. But I want to go back to maybe not necessarily this season. I like to kind of understand how did Alex Bowman get involved as motorsports as a kid? You know, what first drew you to, you know, midget racing and then wherever you got started, you know, growing up? Yeah, for me, I just loved cars. Anything with an engine, uh, I was all about. So my dad had a auto body shop, like a really small auto body shop growing up. So I was always there hanging out, tinkering or terrorizing his office. I, I don't <laughs> know. Uh, but he was a big NASCAR fan. Um, so he brought home a quarter midget when I was like five or six and there wasn't a track in town yet. We would kind of go to parking lots and drive it around and stuff. Um, and once they built a track, I started racing there and, and kind of took off from there. So I think it really, for me, stemmed from a love for cars more than anything. Like, it's almost weird to me that you look at the cup garage and there's only like three or four guys that like are into cars. Like everybody else is just <laughs> a race car driver and doesn't really yeah. care about the car. But um, I love cars. Like I'm still always working on something, always tinkering on something. So that's really kind of the foundation of, of being a race car driver for me. I saw some Instagram video that I think it was at Daytona. Some guy was going around asking drivers what their daily driver was or what their favorite car was. And you could almost tell like a lot of the guys were like, yeah, it's, I don't know, the Chevy Silverado or whatever, like truck that like definitely was provided by Chevy, you know, whatever for the season. Yeah. And then I forget who it was, but there was a couple of guys. I think I think he asked you and 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 I was like, okay, these guys, you know, like cars or at least aren't giving the you know the the NASCAR <laughs> PR speak answer. Um so yeah, it was it was a, a cool video, but is there a car you're working on right now that you're super excited about to to kind of finish up the project? Um, yeah, gosh, I always have projects, but um like I mean I'll I buy projects on bringing a trailer. Um, I, like I bought a car on bringing a trailer a couple of days ago. So Love um, it. yeah, so I, I, there's always something. Um, I think we're on like car 15 or 16. It's really a problem at this point. But the really the last project we finished up aside from like Chili Bowl cars. So race cars 
Uh, so I built a drift car, um, which is pretty much finished up. Needs a couple little odds and ends, but um, it's a C6 Corvette um, and it's a full on race car. So it's, it's pretty neat. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with it because, you know, my weekends are so free, but um, it's, uh, it's really cool. It's, I mean, it makes almost a thousand horsepower, um, full on, like, I wouldn't say it's a pro level drift car because the radiator is still in the front. Um, and it's still got like carpet and kind of a full interior, but it's a 2,900 pound thousand horsepower drift car. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Go ahead, Frenchie. So kind of based off this, I, I obviously, I think we on the podcast have that car obsession as well, but wanted to ask if you're just somebody who scrolls kind of bring a trailer or any of these car sites, or do you have stuff that you kind of have an eye on? Like you're looking for a certain type of thing. Like when you were making the drift car, were you like, all right, well, I think a, a C6 Corvette will make a good drift car package to start out. And, and then you ended up finding one, or do you just like, you know what, that's a good price. I'll, I'll buy that today. Um, yeah, a little bit of both. The, the drift car kind of happened during COVID. Um, we had finished my shop kind of right before everything shut down. I didn't have anything to do. Um, and I don't like, if you remember right when COVID hit, like cars got super cheap. Oh yeah. Um, so I found a C6 manual transmission. It's an LS3 car. It's a I think it's a 09 or 2010. So it's got a TR6060, like the base model for a drift car that like, it's a $30,000 car now. I paid like 12 grand for it. And it was, um, <laughs> off we went, we ordered every part you could get and, um, and started. And it's been through a couple different iterations since then. Like it started as a, you know, kind of street, street car with an angle kit and, and then we had the LS3 in it for a while and now it's kind of full race car. But, um, then, I mean, there's, there's other stuff that I like to collect. Um, I have a, I have a pretty big collection, um, at this point and yeah, a couple of things that I still want that are atrociously expensive right now that I'm going to wait for that to hopefully change someday. But, um, yeah, I, I'm all for browsing, bring a trailer, browsing the internet when you're bored. A lot of free time with only 20 minutes of practice on Saturdays. So um, there's a lot of time scrolling and uh, it's it's a good place to kill some time. HendrickCars.com obviously has a lot of cars too. <laughs> Can't leave that one out. But um, yeah, the the auction stuff, it'll get you. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's like addicting. But I, I wanted to ask you uh, real quick just as a follow-up driving for, for Hendrick, do you kind of, are you required to own a Corvette? Is that like a, in your contract of like, <laughs> you need at least one Corvette in your collection or garage? Gosh, no, but it should be. Um, <laughs> I, uh, we, so the four Hendrick drivers did get, we all got, um, Z06 is when they first came out the C8 Z06 and we got like VIN number five, nine, 24 and 48. So that's awesome. That was super cool. Um, but the first thing I bought, um, when I started driving the 88 in 2016 was I bought a C6 ZR1, um, from, from the Hendrick dealership, like that's right at motorsports there. Um, and, and yeah, that, that was really cool. So 
as long as I've been driving at HMS, I've had a Corvette, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's maybe bad for me that my boss sells cars. Cause then it just makes it too easy to buy cars. <laughs> like I'm always texting the guys at Hendrick performance, wanting to buy something or Hendrick automotive group, wanting to buy something. So, um, gosh, if they had their own auction, their own online auction, I'd really be in trouble because bidding wars just get to me. But, um, yeah, I bought too much stuff. Yeah, I know that feeling. So I'm going to ask something non-racing here. It's probably, I say this jokingly, the toughest question of of this short interview. We have a podcast driver or podcast guest Spotify playlist. You get to add anything you want, whether it's you listen to pre-race or something you just discovered that you're really into right now. So whatever you want, it's all sorts of crazy genres right now. Okay, so I have to add a song. Anything you want. All right. Um, I'm going to go. Oh, I just have you guys ever heard of Sleep Token? Yes, they're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Big Sleep Token fans. So I'm bad with song names, but we're going to all add Granite by Sleep Token. Great choice. I am still waiting for them to come up. I think they come to Philly in May and it's the weekend I have to go to Boston for my nephew's baptism or something like that so i'm trying to figure like i still don't know exactly what day i have to go but i've already kind of hinted to my parents like uh we might be like 12 hours late or something and like just go <laughs> up at like 5 a.m because i really want to go but i don't think i'm going to be winning yeah that they come to Asheville in may so like an hour and a half away and i tried to get tickets and then i saw what the ticket getting process was like and got and people like sitting in a queue to buy tickets like it's taylor swift or something yeah i i kind of bowed out of that whole mess but but yeah they're they're super cool go ahead frenchy so we just saw i think it was a couple days ago maybe this week i don't remember when this came out that you're going to be back in a, an xfinity car at new hampshire coming up later this year how did that kind of come about like did you pick New Hampshire? Because I kind of see the list of who's driving which track or, you know, what what was going on there? What was the process? Yeah, so um, that is, that's a good point because I've kind of seen on Twitter, people are like, oh my gosh, you only got one race. What the hell? And honestly, Chad sent us all, you know, a list of races we could choose from. And, um, and honestly, we can run as much as we want. And for me... I really want to use that as a tool to make me better. Um, and the cup car and the Xfinity car are so different that, uh, you know, I ran it at Watkins Glen last year and it didn't really correlate. I ran it at Indy the year before and didn't really feel like it helped a ton. But um, so I just, I picked New Hampshire. It's my worst racetrack by a mile. Um, I think it'll help maybe more on the ovals and just kind of the fundamentals of that place because I'm terrible at it and, uh, and hopefully it helps. So that was the only one I wanted to run. And, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. Just trying to make my Sunday better, right? Like use that as, as a practice and as a tool to, uh, to try to get our ally 48 up front on Sunday. But I think it's really cool that Mr. H and everybody at Hendrick automotive group and HendrickCars.com let us do that, right? Like it costs a ton of money to put that deal together and, and to do that. And, to tell four race car drivers, like, here's a schedule, pick when you want to run. That's, uh, that's awesome of them. So definitely really appreciative of that. That's a sweet deal. I'm, I'm kind of curious, you mentioned this earlier, 
you know, with you have 20 minutes of practice a weekend, essentially, which is obviously very different than, you know, than years past, like pre-COVID. Do you like the shortened weekend schedule or how do you feel about it? Yeah, I, I'm not a guy that loves practice. Like I see all the time people being like, we got to have more practice. We got to, these guys got to practice more. And I love showing up and racing. So um, I think that's just kind of, you know, my background really, like you'd get one practice session, you'd get like four hot laps and, and go to qualifying or a heat race growing up. And um, then when I went cup racing and it's like, you had three hours of practice every week or more. And it's like, gosh, I feel like I'm dialing us out more than I'm dialing us in. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that 20 minutes is super valuable and, you know, you just have to learn how to maximize it and, and do the right things. But, um, yeah, I don't love practice. It's not my favorite part of the weekend by any means. And, um, just trying to, to make the most of that 20 minutes, but I, I don't think we need any more. I'm good with it. Fair enough. Cue the Allen Iverson clip from 20 years ago, but We'll wrap it there. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Appreciate the time and, and best of luck this weekend in Vegas and best of luck this year. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. No yeah, problem. Good talking Thank to you. you. Bye. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see, they've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flojo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashion You. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star, a new series from Crowd Network. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on! All right, we're back for part two. Thanks to Alex for joining for part one. We're just going to do I don't know, a couple points. We're going to do our Atlanta predictions. I don't know, Frenchie, do you want to do prediction first and then the couple points you have? I know you are you have some things on your screen. Yes, sure. Let's just recap the Atlanta okay. predictions and I guess go over a little bit of the race. I'm pretty yeah. sure everyone saw it because based on my social media, even people who were not typically NASCAR fans and come from our other racing series that we follow and report on yeah. were hyping that that finish up so for our predictions we had actually, actually before oh. before you get there while you get everything pulled up i saw something on twitter it was an f1 fan who was saying that the fact that you know you do all this jostling throughout the race you know battling for position and then in the end it's impossible to predict the winner is actually a bad thing and that's why f1 is superior and I've seen a lot of bad motorsports takes over the years, but in terms of one that's like purely motorsports and not like undertones of politics or, you know, some other worldly view, that might be one of the worst. I think that's what's exciting about whether it's NASCAR or IndyCar or 
IMSA or dirt racing or whatever is when you are in the race and whether you have an, a, an entirely good race until the last lap or not, or your only good lap is the last lap. That's what makes it exciting to me when you don't know that Max Verstappen is going to win 22 out of the 24 races this year. I agree. And speaking of poor, ta like bad takes, remember the one I sent to you last week that I'm not, just reminded me that I want to read. Uh, -uh. it's uh, our buddy Mike Joy, oh, announcer yeah, yeah, on yeah. Fox, said on the Sirius XM NASCAR show or channel, he was speaking about the finish, which is the third closest in Cup Series history. He said it's the greatest finish in NASCAR history that did not involve cars crashing across the finish line. And I read that, and I think my jaw drop because yeah. I don't understand how cars crashing crashing across the finish line could be more exciting or somehow better than when you're like nose to nose. I don't want to see cars wrecking across the finish line. That's not better. What do you think about this? Yeah, I think in very rare circumstances, a, you know, a, a checkered flag wrecking scenario is super exciting. You know, maybe a guy goes for a really ballsy move. Sure, but to call it the best, like in, in general, yes, I 100% agree with you. Was this the best photo finish in NASCAR history? It's hard to say because I, you know, I don't know NASCAR, you know, kind of pre, <laughs> excuse me, pre 1987, maybe kind of pre when I was born. I, we should we should go back and do like watch parties with the really old races that are on like the NASCAR history stuff classics. on YouTube. Yeah, the classics. Yeah. But so it's hard to say, you know, for the really old races, but it's definitely top five. You know, most exciting finishes, I think you can say that with like outputting too much thought into it. But in terms of does crashing make a finish exciting? No, not at all. I think it totally ruined what was shaping up to be an awesome last lap at the Daytona 500 just, you know, a week and a half ago. So, yeah. All right. Predictions. How bad did we do? We didn't do that bad, actually. Oh, I mean, okay. it was, well, I don't know. We'll let the listeners be the judge of that. I said that Alex Bowman, our guest, was going to have a good weekend. And I wasn't even thinking about that we were going to interview him the following week. But maybe yeah, I cursed either. him. Because he finished 27th, got taken out really early in the race, and kind of, like he said, ran around at the back. Um, you picked Joey Logano to have a good weekend, and he finished 28th. So I technically win that by one place, but <laughs> neither of them did well. At least your guy didn't get fined and have to drop, do a, a drive through penalty on lap one for an illegal glove. Yeah, for webbed gloves for $10,000. Yeah. Good thing the Cup guys get paid so much. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Although I bet the team pays for that. So then for bad race, you said Noah Gregson, who finished 36th and is also fined for what his roof. Yeah. And he has negative points. So that's I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, you think about it. Nailed that one. You and I have more NASCAR Cup Series points in 2024 than Noah Gregson. I don't think it's going to stay that way for very long, but sure. that is kind of fun. Yeah. Just just to my troll sensibilities. Yeah. So then I picked Ryan Priest, who finished 16th, and he had a beat up car, but I wouldn't say that's like a terrible weekend. So no. you definitely win that one. Yep. Um, for the hole sitter, I predicted Christopher Bell, 
he, where did he start? I'm trying to look real quick. Uh, I don't even think he wasn't even in the top 10. And you picked William Byron, who I don't think was in the top 10 either. Yeah, I don't think so. The actual poll sitter was Michael McDowell. Yep, neither of us would have ever guessed that one. Yeah, so we lose on that one. The caution over under. We had the over under at five and a half cautions. We had, I think it was how seven. many cautions? Yeah, if you uh, it was actually breaks. 10. Yeah, so you take out the... So eight. Well, it would be two stays. Yeah, so yeah. you said over eight or nine, and you nailed that. And I said under, so you win on that one. All right. Not bad. Not See, bad. that's not that bad. No, that was honestly better than better than I expected. But yeah, the race was super fun. I watched it Monday because I wasn't available to watch it Sunday. And I guess when the race actually finished, my dad texted me and he was like, oh my God, great finish. I'm like, okay, shut up. Don't <laughs> don't text me anything else about the race. And, you know, obviously I ended up seeing who won and whatnot, but even knowing who won and going back to rewatch it was still a lot of fun. That whole race, Atlanta's a really cool spot, kind of like Alex said, where it's like not quite a super speedway, but it races like a super speedway, but also tire wear is important and it's going to be more important as that service ages and handling is tricky because it's not a true super speedway. So it's it's like a really challenging speedway because it's hard for guys to kind of keep their line. You see a lot of guys kind of drift up throughout the corner just because they have, you know, the, the car is too tight and, and, and not turning very well. So it's, I don't know. I enjoyed, you know, there wasn't too many points in the race that were like totally dull and you're like, okay, let's fast forward through this. There was always, you know, they were essentially two, at least two wide, if not three wide here and there pretty often through the first, two and a half stages obviously before the end was you know three wide and four wide at one point which was wild i was i was hoping the full because i saw like a tweet sunday night that was like they're four wide right now i was hoping the finish was four wide but you know you can't complain about that finish like that's just that was just me reading a tweet and hoping that was the finish yeah but i mean the finish was three wide so oh, i know again you can't complain about the finish i'm just splitting hairs about a tweet i saw <laughs> on sunday night it wasn't four wide so it wasn't yeah. good it was stupid. <laughs> okay, what else do we have? So it was the third closest finish in Cup Series history. The two races that beat it out are by, what, one thousandth of a second. It was the 2003 uh, spring race at Darlington. Yeah. Won by Ricky Craven. And then the 2011 uh, April race at Talladega, which was won by Jimmy Johnson. So... If anyone wants to go back and watch those races to see if, how they stack up to this one, uh, maybe that'll be pretty fun. But for news, we do have a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, the first piece of news, and it's not really news, but I just wanted to bring it up because I thought it was entertaining, uh, is that Danny Hamlin admits to um, peeing in his race suit for the first <laughs> time in his career during the Atlanta race. And the guy's had a long career, so I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I hear it's hard to, you know, go your entire career without thinking about it happening. Obviously, you and I remember James Hinchcliffe at Barber a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. I was actually at the track that weekend and remember how 
freaking miserable the weather was. So I don't think that that helped Mr. Hinchcliffe at all. But yeah, I mean, it's it's probably happened, you know, to those who maybe are casual fans. It's happened more than you think. Not yeah, every driver, I mean, sure. but I would I would bet close to half of the drivers in cup, just cup series have, you know, had a little a, a little tinkle. So I knew that's where you were, what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The other piece of news, and it's not really news, it's just an interesting tidbit, is that while I was doing a little, little bit of my pre-interview research on Mr. Bowman, I realized that he and I have something in common, and that is the fact that he is Alexander Michael, and I am Michael Alexander. <laughs> so I should have brought that up in the interview, but I didn't think to do that. But I think that's kind of funny. What do you think about Las Vegas? Are you excited for this weekend? Yeah, I mean, it should be a a good race. It, Cup Series seems to race pretty well there. It's, you know, another challenging kind of speedway, obviously not a super speedway. So it should be a good, this is going to be another one where I'm going to have to catch up on Monday, Monday evening, most likely. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. It's going to be a good weekend. The the weather, you know, for qualifying looks pretty challenging. Like Alex said, it's supposed to be super windy. I mean, the weather in the whole country the last couple of days has been like you know, it was 75 degrees in Chicago yesterday, and it's 25. And apparently last night it hailed there. I have some coworkers that were there, and they were like, "It's just totally bonkers right now." So should be pretty. Should be a, a very interesting weekend, and yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I was going to go through the times real quick, and then do you want to get to some predictions? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so Cup Series practice is on FS1 at 2.05 p.m. on Saturday, March 2nd, and then that's followed by qualifying at 2.50 p.m. And then we've got the race, which starts at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday the 3rd. All right, predictions. Can you can you lead predictions because you have the you have the prediction sheet right in front of you and just do the yeah. same same ones? Sure. So let's start with who's going to have a good weekend. What's your prediction on that? Alex Bowman. I'm going to take him okay. this weekend. Nice. Yeah, we'll see if you curse him or being on our show is good luck. Maybe we can have him back then. Go to a metal concert or two with him at some point. Sleep sleep token like he said is is really a cool band and i mean there's probably no chance i'm going to be able to see them the weekend there in philly because i like actually need to be in boston for my nephew but yeah i'm going with i think who's gonna have a good weekend this is tough because we've had some unpredictable races where people that you expect to run out front and yeah. do well get wrecked I'll go with Ross Chastain. Okay. All right. I dig it. I think he'll have a good weekend. I mean, his teammate just won a race. I, I think, yeah, he's he's going to do pretty well. I, I think in general, they're a team that more people will start paying attention to as contenders this year because they have two good drivers. They won a race, and it wasn't like they won a race on some technicality or luck or something. Like, that was a skill finish, so... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking of teams like that, front row. I mean, mm -hmm. Todd Gilliland ran up front for a while, and we've had him on the show. So if you haven't listened to that interview, go back and 
looked through our feed from when we interviewed him. That was before we knew that he was going to be full time, actually, in yeah. 2024. Before he knew, I think it sounded like at least. <laughs> and Michael McDowell, I mean, they've been running really well. So that's interesting. Bad weekend. Do you have any any thoughts on that? I'm going to take Brad Kozlowski. He's had a rotten start to the season. Not necessarily his fault because he's been involved in two accidents. I think Daytona was maybe partially his fault. And just didn't really have a good Atlanta. I feel like this is a track where if you kind of press and, and you get a little get a little over aggressive, it's it's going to reward you with a short day. So that is my pick. I'm going to take Corey LaJoy. Okay. I feel like he's actually had a good start to the season, but yeah. maybe this isn't the weekend for him. He got caught up in the got caught up in one of the wrecks in Atlanta, I think. But you know, I, I it's hard to you know hard to blame him for for that one. I think he just he still finished thirteenth, so it wasn't too bad. Okay, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken, or maybe it was just I don't know. It's Wednesday afternoon. Uh, it's been more than 48 hours since I watched the race. So, you know, memory doesn't work very well at this point in my life. Who's sitting on the pole this weekend? Is it going to be Joey Logano or Michael McDowell? <laughs> Just kidding. I... <laughs> Good one. I am going to say we're going to have, uh, I, I, I think it's going to be Chase Elliott. I think we're going to see Hendrick go back up to the front on race weekend. Okay. I could see that happening. That's not out the window there. I'm going to still stick with the Ford, though. I feel like they, for some reason, have just had the speed. So maybe I'll go with... I just have to pick one of them now. Let's go with... I don't know. Why not uh, William Byron on the poll? Okay, good one. And then cautions at All Las right. Vegas. The over-under, we have to decide. What do you want to set it at? I'll let you pick. And this is not including stage breaks. Correct. Let's go with... It's still the beginning of the season. I think guys are... Some of them are in a hole in points and starting to think about that. Let's yeah. say seven over under well we have to set it seven and a half or six and a half because we oh sorry yes 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 seven and a half yes all right i'm taking Ooh, this is a good one i'm gonna take the under okay good because i was gonna take the over all right i'm expecting right. some chaos do we have anything else do you want to wrap it there we've been going for a while now I think that's it. We're, I mean, okay. not much news except for what we mentioned about uh, Denny Hamlin and his urine. So that we're, I mean, we got the hard hitting stuff on this show, everybody. <laughs> if 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 Apple Podcasts and Spotify would let me make that the podcast title without like taking the episode down, Denny Hamlin and his urine would definitely be the episode title this week. Why would they take that down? That's like a medical term. It is, but like they get very weird about certain things and. It's not a, a risk I really feel like taking. Okay, fair. Yeah, I also don't know if we want to do that because part of the episode is Alex Bowman's interview. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> maybe be a, not worth That would it. be a weird discredit to a really good interview. Agreed, yeah. All right, we're wrapping it there. Everybody enjoy the race this weekend. 
We'll be back next week to recap it. The week after that, we will have a guest. I will have a guest host or two with me while Frenchie is away. And that's all we got.